Oh, good golly. How y'all feeling? Monday night? You know, adjusting cameras, because that's what we normally do on the Toronto Beer Podcast. With me, your host, Chris Schreier. Hey there, crafty beer nerds. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. So, how's everyone doing tonight? Monday night? Feeling good? You know what this weekend is, don't you? All Hallows' Eve. Halloween, to quote some folks. The not even remotely pagan uh, holiday. Hey, Anthony and Crafty Beer Nerd, what's up? Gonna drink some beer. Talk about the fact that Halloween's not pagan? Nah, don't need to do that. You can Google it. Look it up. Uh, Here's the point. It's gonna be Halloween this weekend, and I would be remiss if I did not on the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, your host, Chris Schreier. Let me adjust my lighting one second. That's better. Uh, if I didn't do a pumpkin beer. So here it is. The classic in Toronto. It's Great Lakes Pumpkin Ale. You had a pumpkin ale in a while? Got to be honest with you. I normally reach for the uh, the Saison du Pump from Great Lakes which is a pumpkin-based saison, as the name would have you believe, made with, well, I, I don't know if it's still made with the same, but I think originally it was actually made with saison DuPont yeast that Lackey harvested out of a bottle. So that's kind of cool. Might just be with a commercial yeast now. But anyway, the point of the matter is it's a saison uh, made with pumpkin. Not available at my local LCBO, unfortunately. And while I would have loved to have gone out to Great Lakes uh, this weekend, I had a bit of a weekend. I'll tell you about that later. But in the meantime, why don't we drink some of this? This is the pumpkin ale. This is just a straight up, I I don't know too, well, actually that's not true. I do know a lot about it. It's just a pumpkin beer. Pumpkin beer, by the way, style. And a distinctly North American style of beer. Now let me just pour this. You will note, fans of the show, I'm using Great Lakes Brewing glassware because I own some, which is to say they've sent me some with other beers, which was nice of them. This beer was not sent to me. It was picked up at the local LCBO. Uh, Pumpkin ale, uh, nice orangey brown color, a little hazy, and a nice white head on it. What was I saying? Pumpkin beer, very distinctly North American. Pumpkins themselves, uh, North American gourd. That was not uh, introduced or moved around. Fun fact, potatoes and tomatoes, which incidentally sound the same or similar. Potatoes and tomatoes both come from... If you said Ireland and Italy respectively, you are wrong, kid. They come from South America, and they were both introduced to Europe where they thrived and became quite popular, but neither is native to Europe. So the quintessential Irish potato and the quintessential Italian tomato, all uh, post-Columbus. So you can look that up too. That's on the internet as well. Uh, I digress. Pumpkins, very distinctly North American and uh, an important part of many indigenous diets, incidentally. Also a very very early cultivated, uh, domesticated food in North America. So there you go. And then when uh, settlers 
first arrived on these here shores and found a fully populated continent, uh, but decided to take it anyway. Uh, one of the things that they did was they made beer and they had limited access to the traditional ingredients. It takes a while to spool up a, uh, a full farm of barley, it turns out. Uh, but pumpkins were um, available and have sugar, which is fermentable. So they would often uh, use pumpkins in, uh, in some of those early beers as a fermentable sugar. And uh, that's where pumpkin ale comes from. I don't know how, how like classic most ingredients or uh, recipes, I mean, these days are. But they do use pumpkin. And that was in those. So it's like a historical beer, but not that historical because, of course, we're talking post um what do we say we didn't discover the new world because it was discovered a good <laughs> oh looks like about fourteen thousand years before uh, white people got here but uh settlement colonization anyway it's still a fairly modern recipe in the grand scale of beer uh, nothing compared to ipa though it's quite old compared to an ipa why am I still talking? I've been talking at you for five minutes. I poured this delightful beer. I can smell its pumpkiny goodness uh, just wafting around the room. But I have not yet put any in my nose or mouth. I'm not going to put the beer in my mouth, my nose. I am going to put it in my mouth. I'm going to put the beer smell in my nose and then put the liquid in my mouth. That's the way I normally do this. If you've, if you've tuned into the Toronto Beer Podcast before, this should not be a surprise to you. Let's give it a sniff. That's interesting. It's, it's uh, very pumpkin spicy, I think. Very clearly has pumpkin in it. And uh, actually, it might not be as spicy as I first thought. One of the things that happens to humans is you program your brain. And, and our brains, one of the reasons why we're so successful um, as a species is our ability to pattern recognize. And so we will find patterns in things where patterns don't exist. This is why people see Jesus in toast. Jesus isn't in the toast. We just see a thing and our brain says, that looks a little bit like a thing that I'm familiar with. So I'm going to say it looks like that. Even though it doesn't really, it just kind of does. We're really good at pattern recognition. Um, the reason why is because that's highly efficient. If you can pick patterns without having to figure them out every time, um, you speed up uh, 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 processing, which apparently by those six ums I just said, I do not possess. But uh, pattern recognition also happens not just visually, it happens auditorially and with many other senses. And so when you smell pumpkin, especially cooked pumpkin, your brain recognizes the pattern and will often automatically make you think you're also smelling cloves and ginger and maybe some nutmeg, and cinnamon, but you might not be. So I have to try this again with my nose. No, but I am pretty sure I'm getting some pumpkin spicing in there too. Uh, as they say, it's uh pumpkin spice season bitches anyway uh let's take a sip and see definitely has pumpkin and i think some spices don't get too much else hmm see now i'm doubting my spice senses very pumpkiny on the palate malty pumpkiny slightly tannic hot but very mild
I'm not sure that there are spices in this. Huh. Yeah, again, pattern recognition really screwing with my head right now. Mm. If there are, they're very subtle, very nicely done, because one of the things that really gets my goat, as they say, uh, is when a pumpkin beer is predominantly the spices. In fact, a way you can really easily cheat a pumpkin beer is add very little pumpkin, but add a lot of clove and cinnamon and ginger. And it just makes in, in the reverse of what I'm saying. If you smell clove, cinnamon, and ginger, one of the first things that your brain is going to go to, if you're a, a white North American who eats pumpkin pie, will be pumpkin pie. If you did that to somebody ethnically diverse who doesn't have that level of experience, their pattern recognition circuits are going to recognize something else, or they might not recognize anything at all. Um, this is a very specific. That's one of the things about pattern recognition. It's recognizing a pattern that you're familiar with. So as a white pumpkin pie eating North American cinnamon clove ginger smells like pumpkin pie. My brain will do that every time. And the flip is if I smell cooked pumpkin, I might start thinking I can smell those spices, even though they may or may not be there. Does this have spices in it? I think it might, but they're very subtle. But yeah, um, pumpkin-y tastes a bit like, uh, not quite like a brown ale, like a golden ale, you know, it's a nice ale. It's got some malty sweetness along with pumpkin. As I say, hop finish, um, fairly subtle, uh, but there's a bit of an earthy, maybe tannic hoppy kind of finish. And again, possibly a little, uh, a little spicing. I'm still not sold on that one way or the other, to be honest with you. Human brain's a funny old thing. Pumpkin's actually building, though, in my mouth. Every time I have a sip, it feels like I'm getting a bit more pumpkin, a bit more pumpkin. I mean, this has barely been out of the icebox for three minutes, but also as it warms, that's a, a flavor that'll naturally come out a little bit more as the, as the temperature increases. Um, but I don't think that's what's playing a factor here. I think it's just uh, you can build up tastes in your palate where they become more prevalent. And I think that might be what's happening here. Mm. Let's go to the can. See what it says. It has spices in it. <laughs> Water, malted barley, wheat. It has wheat in it. That's interesting. I didn't pick that up. Wheat can add a bit of a tang to it, but pumpkin can as well. So anyway, I didn't get that. Pumpkin, hops, spices and yeast. This, yeah, they do mention spices. Like I say, the spicing is very subtle, which again, I'm a fan of. Um, I don't like it overly spiced myself. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't mind this, but this is not a beer I would go out of my way to drink. It's like a bit more of a novelty beer. The flip to that is Saison du Pump. I would. I, I I would make an effort to get that. Um, this isn't a bad beer by any standards. It's just, I don't know, pumpkin. It seems kind of, kind of kitschy. It's kind of Halloweeny, you know. If you're going to a Halloween party, having a Halloween party, these are perfectly acceptable. Tasty beers, pumpkins and spices and beer. What's the percentage on this? How much of a party are we having? Five point five percent. Hot damn. 
coming in hot. It doesn't have any alcohol heat, so don't take that literally. Like the kids say. And by kids, obviously, I mean kids when I was a kid. I don't think kids say coming in hot anymore. But we did. Mmm. Yeah. Really solid beer. Pumpkin-y. You better like pumpkin. And spices. Very subtle spices. Pumpkin's the main thing you need to be careful of here. If you don't like pumpkin, you probably don't want to try this beer. Although I think you should try it anyway, just to see. Maybe you'd like it in this context. I sure do. It's tasty. I remember, um, we used to get a lot of, I think it's Rogue, made Pumpkin. No, no P. Well, no second P. P-U-M-K-N-G. Pumpkin. Um, and obviously King, K-N-G. So it's like they removed a P and added a G, if that makes sense to you. Uh, it's malt bill had a quality that was almost reminiscent of pie crust, if you can believe it. Now that was something. This one isn't quite doing that on the malt bill, but the malts, the malt presence, it's, it's bready almost. Um, so you get this very interesting bready and pumpkin-y kind of thing going on. Um, perhaps a little bit like a pumpkin pasty from Harry Potter. Who knows? I've never had one. Wait, have I? I think actually we did have some at Universal. Obviously, that's just somebody's interpretation. Harry Potter is a fictitious world. Well, character in a fictitious world. Uh, and none of those things exist in real life. Everything is an interpretation. And I like it. Anyway, uh, yeah, you could drink this at a Harry Potter theme party, I bet. It's not um, butter beer. It's a uh, pumpkin beer. They drank a lot of pumpkin juice in uh, Harry Potter. Oh, we got a question here. Favorite style to have pumpkin in it? Oh, I don't really know if I have a favorite style. Um, most pumpkin beers are like this. They're uh, English-ish ale or a more historic style ale with pumpkin in Because again, historically, that's what would have been getting made. Um, big fan of the Saison du Pump. And uh, I did one time, I can't remember where it was, I had an Imperial Stout that had pumpkin in it. That was very interesting because the pumpkin was obviously, well, not obviously, you could put a ton of pumpkin in there. I don't know. Um, but it was quite subtle. You really had to go looking for the pumpkin in that. Um, and the Imperial Stout was like massive, if I recall. Um, it was very chewy. And uh, just with Imperial Stouts, you generally have so many layers of things going on, you kind of have to work through them all anyway. And in this context, there was just one layer that was pumpkin. That was pretty cool. Like I said, I can't remember who made that, but it was a tasty beer. I would have that again. Again, maybe not a style I would go out of my way to have a lot of because it was like 9 or 10% or whatever, um, but it was tasty. In terms of the pumpkin beers available in the province, some of them are absolute garbage. I'm not going to name names because I haven't had them in a while, but I have a history of having pumpkin beers that are like drain pours is what we call them. You throw them away. Can't be bothered with that. Great Lakes Pumpkin Ale, always been a solid one. Now, funny enough, Jordan St. John mentioned that uh, he drank this with his class at George Brown today online, so digitally drank with them. He said he didn't really have much because he can't drink much because he has to lead class, and so got to keep his head about him. Anyway, I don't understand that at all, but uh, <laughs> he said that the students mentioned that it seemed a bit thin this year. I don't find it thin at all. I've got a very clear uh, pumpkin-y taste, to be sure. The spicing 
is quite subtle. So maybe that's what they were looking for. They wanted something with a little bit more clove in the face. But uh, I think this one's just about right for me. Now, the question, of course, always, what do you eat with this? Now, Halloween candy, duh. Uh, I think we even have some, well, obviously. I don't know if we have any for Halloween, but I know I bought a bag of Halloween candy not that long ago just to eat. Uh, and uh, we might have had some of that kicking around. What Halloween candy would I eat with this? Honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is a crunchy bar. You know, the ones with the uh, sugar toffee in the middle? Uh, the, the sponge toffee, I mean. Sponge toffee in the middle with uh, chocolate on the outside. I think that would work really nice. Uh, alternatively, uh, those very tend to be unpopular, but I love them. Um, the toffees that are like molasses and they're like, they have like a Halloween-y looking wrapper on them. Um, no idea who makes them, but they're tasty. I like those. Uh, again, those are both, those are both go good because you'd be working up a lot of sugar. And while the pumpkin, um, strictly speaking, does have sugar in it, it it's more of a savory kind of rich, um, uh, long, savory kind of taste. So those sugars are really going to set off nicely against that. Um, the chocolate's just incidental in the chocolate case. Crafty Beer Nerd says coffee crisp. Could do a coffee crisp. Coffee, coffee crisp has like almost, uh, what's the center of a coffee? It's not like score. It's not that hard, but it's like, what is that? What's in a coffee crisp? I, I actually like that one a lot, but coffee crisp, I always remember you would build up a little like, uh, like some sugar. It would make like a, like a stalactite and a stalagmite in your teeth, but then it would also kind of protrude out. So you'd end up biting your cheek with the sugar from the coffee crisp. So it's like Cap'n Crunch. It's a, well, interesting, both CC confections. Cap'n Crunch is a high risk uh, food because you always sandpaper the roof of your mouth with it. Coffee crisp, I always end up building up sugar stalactites and stalagmites and ripping up the inside of my cheek, but I do enjoy it. Would it work? Yeah, probably for the same reason. Sweet. It's good. Uh, if you want to eat something a little bit more grown up, um, you know, to go really nice with this would be, uh, a squash filled ravioli, but here you're going to need to get a little bit more creative with what you put on it. So obviously raviolis, you know, kind of the go-to, depending on what you've got in the ravioli, always the question, um, would be a, a tomato-based sauce. Uh, with a squash-based ravioli, people often will put a cream-based sauce on it, which would be lovely, but in this case, actually what I want you to do is do a brown buttered sauce, um, which is not necessarily super traditional. Um, but if you made your raviolis or buy them, but let's be honest, just make them, um, with a squash filling, now I'm going to say uh, butternut squash or turban squash would be great. Or um, what do they call it? Like butter cap. It's like it's like a smaller turban squash. You could also use a pie pumpkin. That'd be fine. Um, use that for your filling. And then uh, with or without like a ricotta uh, or maybe even mascarpone cheese uh, mixed in. Um, which is going to add a lot of richness, obviously. Um, and then and then you're going to cook the, the raviolis, and then in a pan, you're going to brown off butter. So this is like you put butter in the pan, and you melt it, and then you let it cook, and it'll turn brown. And uh, while you're doing that, hey, now here's a wacky idea. Uh, if you've prepared, or you could even probably, I don't know, I've never tried this. Just spitballing here. 
Um, you're going to use some of the seeds from your squash, whatever your squash was. If the squash, oh, hey, Lee, what's up? Lee would be all up on this. We're talking pasta. It's international, no, world pasta day today, by the way. So this is a perfect uh, thing to eat with this beer. Um, you could roast the seeds from your squash. I wonder if you would have enough time in the browning of the butter process to actually cook them off in the butter. That'd be amazing. And then you could either go complimentary and add some of those pumpkin spicing uh, spices, bit of dried ginger. You could use fresh, but in this case, dried ginger is probably actually a better option. A um, little bit of dried ginger, a little bit of cinnamon, a um, little bit of clove. Very gentle on that clove, guys. Clove is risky business. Um, clove is like the crazy hot girl that you dated for a little while, but she was too crazy, but so hot. That's like what clove is. It's easy to just be way too much. So, uh, and, and generally is way too much. <laughs> Uh, so just a tiny bit of clove, a bit of black pepper, obviously on that, um, with those seeds and brown butter. And then you're going to toss the raviolis in that brown butter. That's it. That's all you're putting in there. It's not super. Oh, uh, maybe, um, some like shallots and some garlic, obviously, cause who doesn't like that? Um, and then eat that with this. That would be like a very bougie dish to eat with this beer. Incidentally, I said use butternut squash or turban squash. Um, and I said, or you could use a pie pumpkin. Top secret, kids. Unless you made that pumpkin pie and you know that you put pumpkins in it, a lot of the time, and especially with some of the best pumpkin pies you've ever eaten that weren't made by you or somebody you know, it wasn't pumpkins in that pie. It was butternut squash and or turban squash. The two together are perfect. Uh, roast them, scoop the guts out, blend them smooth. They taste more like pumpkin. They cook up better. They cook up smoother. Um, and just everybody's having a better time. Uh, so make your pumpkin pie with uh, butternut squash or turban squash. You'll thank me later. Trust me. Uh, I know it sounds crazy, but believe me, those squashes don't taste particularly different. You just think they do because you encounter them in different environments promise you if you put cinnamon ginger and clove in with turban and or butternut you'll go oh it's pumpkin again pattern recognition maybe i should have called this episode pattern recognition that would have been smart but it's too late now I already titled it and this is the internet you can't change things on the internet it's like a newspaper all you can do is offer a retraction anyway uh that's what we're doing we're drinking great lakes brewing pumpkin ale this is available at the LCBO, at the brewery, I don't know, maybe in grocery stores. People don't tell me things anymore. And uh, it's pretty damn good, if you ask me. And you did, because you're listening right now. You're eating uh, squash ravioli with it. Or Halloween candy. Or whatever the heck you want. I don't care. Eat a pumpkin pie with it. It'll be good with a pumpkin pie. The idea of, uh, of uh, complimentary flavors. Perfect. It's delightful. Buy a case of this and uh, give them out to parents uh, when their kids come trick-or-treating. They'll thank you, as long as they like pumpkin. Mm. And drink alcohol. Your mileage may vary. Uh, so that's what we're doing. Um, yeah, I'm going to have a sip. We're going to talk a little bit about, uh, well, about some stuff. Not a lot, don't worry. I like an early night these days. Mmm. 
wonder if you can hear me making that weird slurping noise through my lips. I listen to the podcast the day after I produce it, so I will find out, and that will remind me to decide whether or not I keep doing this. <sighs> Into my microphone. Um, because beer... Wait, did that just happen? I think it happened this past weekend. How was it? Was it? Or is it this weekend? I've lost track. Look it up. If it's happening this weekend coming up, go to it. It's going to be awesome. It's in Hamilton. I think it was this past weekend because I think why I couldn't go was because what I really wanted to tell you about, which is rugby. Uh, this past Saturday was, uh, we call it Cup Day. It's the finals. Bommy Beach men's twos. In the uh, We were in the TRU uh, plate final, which uh, is like the metro uh, level slightly lower uh the senior men's ones these are the really good guys uh were playing in the i was saying mccormick cup it is often the mccormick cup but this year because it was a shortened season and i don't understand all the details it was the marshall cup anyway it doesn't matter it's a cup and we won it ha i just gave away the ending um and by the way the twos won as well we both won yay and um so yeah it was a good day for rugby on saturday and I got to play. Isn't that nice? With about five minutes to go, I got put in. It was an act of generosity. They did not need me to play. I did not need to play, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I had a really good ball carry. Helped drive a mall. Man, if you don't play rugby, this won't make any sense to you. But there's not a lot better feelings than running a mall like 15 meters up the field. It was great. Uh, and then the, the most important part is we both won. And then we really went hard. It was good. We had a really nice party. Um, so that was my Saturday. How was your weekend? <laughs> the only sad thing now is that's kind of the end of rugby for me until the new year. We've still got some autumn internationals to watch, but I'm not playing any more rugby now until like April. Sad. But I had a great season. Best part, didn't get injured. I actually, I had an injury, but it wasn't rugby related. It just kind of put me off rugby for a little while. But, uh, but yeah, no major injuries. Isn't that great, eh? 41 years old. I didn't break a thing. Mind you, I only played for a combined total of about 25 minutes. So whatever. Uh, I did practice a lot. And the best part, guys, I know teams are great and team sports are great. And everyone thinks that's great. And I've played some team sports in my day. You don't get a team like you get on a rugby team. They're just the best. All the rugby guys, well, literally, we always say we're best friends. We're all best friends. They're great dudes. The senior women's amazing women. We also are best friends. It's just a community like no other. Can't say enough about it. I know a lot of people are kind of scared about the whole, you know, slamming your body into somebody else's. It's not that bad. You get used to it. You know, you build up to it. Highly, highly recommend. I always tell people, like, get out, do things, whatever. Play rugby. It's really good. Trust me. You won't regret it. There is touch rugby, too. So you could do that. You could do that to kind of get into it and then kind of go, oh, I see. Here's how we're going to do it. We're going to slam into that person. Um, that's all I got. Because beer, I don't know, maybe it just happened and I missed it. I think I did. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, Left Field Brewery. 
it's hiring right now. If you're interested in a, uh, a job in, uh, in in the beer scene, I believe they're hiring both uh, front of house people for the tap room as well as drivers uh, to deliver their delicious beer. Now that uh, bars are wide back open again, as of today, right? Full capacity. Guys, we're doing good. I mean, I always caution us to be careful, go slow, but we're doing good. We're making places like uh, Alberta and Saskatchewan look like a bunch of townies. So that's great. Um, but yeah, they need staff. So if you're interested in a job, maybe you've been off for COVID and you're looking for a new start. Leftfield, it's a living wage brewery. They pay real good money uh, for uh, their staff, take good care of them, health benefits, flexible schedules, the whole bit. So uh, look them up. I don't know. It's on the internet. Look up left field careers, something like that. You'll find it. It's not going to be hard. It's all over social media right now. So if you're game for a job, check them out. Uh, other than that, Great Lakes Brewing, Pumpkin Ale, LCBO, Brewery, wherever. Grab some other pumpkin beers and compare. I know I told you a bunch of the province are crap, and I stand by that. Um, but there's only one way to find out. So uh, get in there. Check them out. It's going to be good times. And obviously Halloween coming up this weekend. Uh, you know, be safe out there. Have fun if you get to take your kids out trick-or-treating. If you're an adult that's trick-or-treating, give your head a shake. Um, but uh, otherwise, maybe go to a nice fancy dress party and just get real crazy. And uh, yeah, that's all we got. I'll be back next week. You know, on November the 1st, where did October go? That's the question. Where? Where? Did October go?